Welcome into The Harvest. On today's show, Abigail sits down for a conversation with Nathan Clark. Nathan is a local evangelist, church planner, and urban missionary in San Antonio. He and his wife Allison have been actively sharing their faith and making disciples over the past four years, even when Nate was working as a full-time chef. He has a passion for sharing the good news of Jesus with the lost, but also for equipping and mobilizing believers to represent Jesus in the everyday places of life. Hope you enjoy the conversation. So I am here with my friend Nathan today. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) Good. So I'm pretty excited to just be able to get time with you. Um, I remember pretty clearly when I met you, I think it was the first time I met you, but we were doing um, a ministry sort of training and it was with a bunch of like very traditional church going people. And by about halfway through, all their eyes were like really, really huge and they all looked very scared and they wanted to run for the hills and I was starting to sweat really profusely. And you got up, um, you're kind of like a sort of alternative looking dude who got tattoos and stuff. (laughs) I'm like, oh, what's this guy going to say? And you just like brought it to that crowd and you like just nailed some serious like vision about what we were doing and called as Christians. And I just wanted to like throw out my amen from the back. I was like, this is a cool guy. And since then, I mean, we've known each other now for a while. Um, I've learned that Nathan always wears a cat shirt. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, out of the 14 shirts I wear on a regular basis, I think 10 or 11 are cat shirts, yeah. Um, definitely kind of my go-to wardrobe. Yeah, I really appreciate it because I really like things to be stable and predictable. Um, so I really like that that little fact about you. So I just needed our listeners to know that. But um, what's really more important is what I see as a really kind of um, unique perspective that you and your wife have in the ministry that you guys are doing here in San Antonio. Um, And in the ministry that my husband Brett and I are in with No Place Left, uh, which is how we know you. Um, But I really thought that our listeners would benefit and appreciate just kind of some of your story and kind of how you came into doing sort of church and alternative and outside normal wall ways. So, um, yeah, so I guess I'll start with like my one minute testimony. Um, please don't time me cause it's probably like a minute and 14 seconds uh, <laughs> that goes for you two listeners. Um, so basically there was a time in my life whenever I was really angry and angsty and hurt. My heart was really filled with hatred, mostly surrounding the fact that my dad wasn't around. Uh, I grew up in rural Southern Iowa in the middle of nowhere in a very small, uh, community. Um, but, uh, yeah, so my life just really sucked. Um, it did. Um, and then when I was uh, about 16, uh, I met this guy named Ben. Not Ben Hanna that we know. This was back in Iowa. Okay. Um, but I met this guy named Ben, and Ben was nice to me for no apparent reason. And he was genuine. And I couldn't figure out why. And uh, I just always heard this guy talking about Jesus. And I'd heard that name often enough. Um, you know, my grandpa was a pastor and stuff. But anyway, so, um, you know, for... For whatever reason, there were some things in my life that didn't suck. So sitting in my room by myself one night and I looked down and there was this Bible that my grandparents had given me when I was like eight. Um, So I stuck my finger in it and said, okay, God, prove to me you're real. Landed on Psalm 62, verse 6. He only is my rock and my salvation and my defense and I will not be moved. So God really touched my heart right there and just 
laid it out for me, everything that he had to offer with me. He addressed every worry and fear and everything in my heart. So, you know, you, so I chose to trust in him uh, and trust in Jesus. Um, fast forward through a lot of stuff. Um, uh, about eight years ago, Allison, who was just my fiance at the time, and I moved down here to San Antonio. And um, I definitely went through many years of a wish-washy life as a believer, attending church, not attending church, focusing more on my career than I should have. And then four or five years ago, something like that, um, I was working at a, a restaurant for my buddy Peter Sipson called The Cookhouse. Um, and Pete uh, on Wednesday mornings met with this guy, Ben, um, at eight o'clock. So it was before work. So it's just a matter of showing up an hour early. And they would just, you know, pray for each other and encourage each other and kind of have guy time. So I thought, okay. So I met Ben and uh, started doing that. A couple weeks later, Pete invited me to church. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. He uh, invited me to their Easter get together, told me they were going to have some baptisms. Well, nine years as a believer at that point, and I hadn't been baptized. So I spoke with Ben. Allison, I did. She at the time was kind of coming to, to grips with a change of heart. Uh, she grew up Catholic. And she wanted to be baptized too. So that Easter, Ben baptized her and I. Um, we started attending uh, church uh, with River Fellowship, which is a house church network here in San Antonio. And God very quickly unlocked a, a teaching gift in me that I didn't really know I had. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, that's. I, I think what I love most is that your story kind of unfolds very naturally in that you were met you met Ben in your workplace, right? So it wasn't in a church or anything. Like you hadn't walked into some building and found um, kind of your answers laid out for yeah, you. It was but very organic. Yeah, it really was. And it was kind of within your your normal surroundings, and yet the Lord really met you there. Now, you did leave out a really cool part of your story, uh -huh. which is not only you and your wife got baptized, but can you kind of fill us in a oh, little more about that? Yeah. So um, as time went on, you know, and I started working more with Ben, working more with uh, the No Place Network, Left Network that we're kind of affiliated with, sharing the gospel with my family and stuff. And um, through a really crazy, awesome circumstances, which maybe we'll say for another time and story. <laughs> um Long story short, I baptized my entire family, uh, baptized my brother and my sister and my mom. It's the coolest. So it's man. literally like living in the New Testament. <laughs> yes, which is really where we all want to be. So I think that is just the coolest that just through your um, your heart change and your wife's heart change, you, really your whole family was impacted in a huge, huge way. Mm -hmm. So that is really amazing. Um, so kind of we're going to fast forward a little bit in your story. Um so sort of maybe where you guys are now. Mm -hmm. um, so you and I did meet through No Place Left, and we have a lot of tools that we've learned through them. And then now you guys are doing Apartment Life, which is a different yes. ministry. And you're kind of incorporating maybe the tools of both in there. And so I would mm -hmm. maybe tell our listeners sort of what your ministry looks like now. Um, yeah, so... Um uh, with apartment life, basically my wife and I live in an apartment community um, as missionaries um, through the vehicle of fulfilling a sort of a secular business need. But what, what our ministry really looks like now um, in this context is we just get to live in this beautiful community and love on our neighbors. Um, so it's really just a matter of living intentionally 
um, in terms of knowing people's names, saying hi to people, just facilitating. That seems normal. Right. It, it, <laughs> theoretically, it, it, it should be, right? It's not. Um, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, and, and truthfully, especially the first like month, six weeks, it was a lot of work to kind of force myself to get into that habit. Yeah. Um, where I can't just like be grumpy walking through the 105 degree heat of San Antonio across blacktop to the trash can to take my trash out. I need to be, I need to have a smile on my face and be happy and excited and live in an intentional way. So, uh, so yeah, so we just basically get to love on our neighbors and we do two, we do two events a month. Um, we do welcome visits for new people that move in and we just establish, uh, and build relationships um, it's not so much the idea of working with no place left where you just kind of go out and do sort of evangelism, cold witnessing mm-hmm. or direct evangelism. Some people kind of call it. Um, it's really building relationships with people and saving the gospel for later. Um, if I could put it that way. Sure. Um, yeah, it's really just becoming friends with, with people and meeting them where they are, um, as they are, how they are. And then, you know, just waiting on God to facilitate things, waiting on the Holy Spirit to work and move um, and, you know, allow us to introduce him to Jesus at some point. So with apartment life, I mean, that's a specific ministry, obviously. But when you're talking about it, I feel like that's something that we could all and probably should, let's be honest, apply in our own lives. So Uh can you maybe break down like maybe what that looks like Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis? I mean, when... You just mentioned kind of waiting on the Holy Spirit, but there's got to be some intentionality there. Um, so what does that look like there, as far as when you kind of introduce the gospel? And um, there, there absolutely is, yeah. So um, it, it can be something as simple as seeing somebody on their balcony and saying, hey, uh, how's it going? How was your work week? What are you doing this weekend? And generally the cool thing is, is that when you take the time of day to talk to somebody in a, in a normal way, then they'll generally respond back to you, even if it's just for the sake of common courtesy and say, what are you doing this weekend? Um, and then I can say, oh man, well, I'm just kind of hanging out uh, on Saturday. It's kind of my rest day. And then uh, tomorrow uh, we're going to go to church and, and uh, read some stories of Jesus with people. It could be something like that. Or... Um, you know, if as we open up our lives to people, sometimes people are really hurting and like going through a tough time. And then it's an opportunity for me to say, hey, um, you know, I used to have a lot of tough times and mm-hmm. this is what got me through it. And sort of, you know, telling my story from from that caveat. But basically, it's just allowing yourself the space and freedom to just live life next to people, live life with people um, and just being there for them. Um, if somebody was a big fancy theologian, they would say something like being the imagio Dei. Well, um, which is the, no. Yeah. Don't too even. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much. <laughs> um, but, but basically I'm we just... I'm sorry, listeners. I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> um, no, it's t- completely a joke. But really it's just um, us getting to, to love on people um, where they are as they are, the same way Jesus did whenever he was here on earth, the same yeah. way that he met the Samaritan woman at the well where she was. You know, he didn't didn't pass judgment, didn't do anything. He just said, hey, yeah. can I have a drink of water? Um, and <laughs> yeah, the conversation totally, progressed from there. Yeah, he met her where she was, and then he kind of laid out, he turned the conversation quickly to spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, They were talking about water, and then he was like, JK, spiritual water. And then... It quickly turned to him pointing her 
to himself. He like yeah. revealed himself to her. Yeah. So that yeah, it's a great story to mm-hmm. look at as far as how we can we can do that. It sounds really fancy biblically speaking, but really you're so right that mm. it can be done just on a daily basis if we are intentional about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And if I could maybe give another example of that. So our friend Brittany, we were talking about her earlier. Yeah, um, she's awesome, so, guys. So uh, our friend Brittany, uh, she was talking with us the other day at House Church, and uh, she was uh, telling us she wants to meet her neighbors, and she didn't want to really go about it the way that, that we kind of do with Cole witnessing and stuff, and she's so we asked her what she wants to do. She says, I want to take my neighbors some cookies. I want to say hi, and I want to introduce myself and let them know, hey, I've lived here for like a year, and I don't know anybody. And so we told her just to do that, um, and she did. Um, she was met with three somewhat distinct, uh, responses. Um, some people she could see, look at her through the peephole and then they like lock the top, lock the top lock and disappeared. <laughs> yes. Um, Been some, there. some people cracked the door open, uh, you know, had the courtesy to listen to her, took the cookies and closed their doors. Um, and then she had some people invite her in, um, which, you know, in Luke chapter 10, kind of think of that as a, a house of peace or a person of peace. Um, one family, uh, was a family from, I think Nigeria and they're saved. And then another family, uh, was a Thai family and they're not Christian. So just, just by Brittany choosing to kind of go and awkwardly tell everyone, if I can plug a, an article you recently Thank you. wrote. Thank you um, for that. I didn't tell him to do that, everybody. She didn't. Um, <laughs> but, but it just kind of fits, right? Cause Brittany definitely like wasn't she's not a super social person but she no, just wanted to she's do this definitely an introvert she's, yeah she just had this heart like i want to meet my neighbors mm-hmm. and i want to get to know them and i want to build and establish relationships and she did and that's what god did yeah. um, and now this guy um the most exciting i think is the guy the one guy uh that just kind of cracked the door took her cookies and and that was it because now every time she sees him out on his balcony um having a smoke she can come and say hi. She sort of has that foot in the door with him of just being able to say, hey, how's it going? How's your week been? Or, or, or something of that nature. Um, and it's just, a, I think, a really great kind of thing of how we can all be of just like, you know, it's, it's as simple as pecking on a door, saying hi, introducing yourself, and giving people cookies. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't have to include baked goods. It can really, I mean, we have found ways to, you know, like we see people carrying in groceries, we help them carry Mm -hmm. them in, those types of things too. So if you're not like a baker, you don't have to, I mean, I guess you could bring um, baked by the grocery store cookies. (laughs) But I think what you said is so good and true in regards to our neighbors. We have a real um, special relationship there because it's not weird that we're there. Mm -hmm. You know, like Brittany lives next door to this guy. So it's not like she's stalking him for a church or something. Like she has a legit reason for being there and she can just slowly be a part of his life if Mm -hmm. that happens. Um, And so when people don't just immediately say, I'd like to be saved, you know, we can continue on in that relationship Mm. with them. Um, And that's a really cool opportunity we have as believers when we start to look at the people around us as our own special mission field, which Mm -hmm. you brought up Luke 10 earlier, which is if you're not like one of those people that just spouts out a chapter in the Bible and knows exactly what we're talking about. Um, (laughs) And Luke chapter 10 is where um, Jesus sends out is 72. Uh That's the right number. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Jesus sends out 72 people 
Um, but so you back backtrack a little bit in uh, chapter nine, Jesus sent out the 12 and then they sort of, you know, people heard the news and responded and came. And so there was a multitude like I, I can't remember off the top of my head, um, several hundred, I believe it was people that had responded that were there. And then Jesus selected 72 of those people to go into all the towns that he was about to go into and sort of give them a heads up. Uh, and so. I, I just think about, and I've always kind of thought about, what about the other, like, several hundred people that were there <laughs> yeah. that Jesus didn't pick for this specific task? It was, it task? was awkward. It you know, was. like, um, there had to have been some sort of letdown. There had to have been some sadness. There had to have been, um, mm. you know, all sort of gamut of responses. But I, I feel like more than likely there were probably plenty of people from that from that group that went and did what Jesus told the 72 to do anyway. Like even if that was just like going to their neighbor's house or maybe they swung by the well to get some water and told people about it. Maybe it wasn't even people that went out in pairs. Maybe it was just one guy and he like was a bachelor and he lived by himself. And so he's like, you know, you're really making up a story right now, but it's a good one. And I think, I think you're so, I, I, I've never really thought about those other people. And I really love this idea that, they had to have responded in some way too. And we've also talked about the demoniac before as well, that, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus, um, that guy wanted to follow Jesus and he was like, no, go and tell your friends and family. And so he did. He like really knocked that one out of the park. But I think I, I maybe really identify with what you just said because I don't see myself as an evangelist at all. Like it is not one of my giftings. And so I love the challenge there that just because that's not something that I've been specifically gifted with, with the Holy Spirit, that I am not still responsible for my community and my friends and family. So I, that is a really cool thought that I had not really pondered before, but I think um, really we can all, and we've talked on our podcast before about the Great Commission and how it's for each of us. Um, So as I take that challenge more and more, and as I um, look at my surroundings and the people in my life, uh, what what would your advice be um, kind of off the script of as far as where do we start? Like, who do we start with? It's still scary um, to knock on the people next door's door. Yes, it, it absolutely is. Um, if you're more comfortable with people that you know a little bit better, doing that at work is, is a great way mm-hmm. to go. You know, whether it, you know, whatever kind of work environment you work in, I think, you know, you can, you can just like, I mean, you know, you mentioned Swing by H-E-B or, or whatever, or Kroger's, I don't know where, where all y'all are, are listening from but what's um, your grocery store yeah swing by and grab a coffee cake or something or you know swing by starbucks and get a carafe of coffee and bring it in in the morning with you and just use that as, as a platform um if it is with your neighbors um it really is just as simple as pecking on their door and um if they just look at you through the people i recommend waving um it's a good practice <laughs> oh um but uh but but um but yeah, uh, a good place to start is just anybody that you feel like you have even a little bit of a relationship with. Um, and, you know, again, it's not it's not so much like just jump to the gospel. It's more so get to know them and like talk to them. They're people too. this idea of of relational credibility, if you will, that you can mm-hmm. build with somebody. And the cool thing is, is that um, when you've established a relationship with somebody, you sort of earn the right 
if I can say it that way, to share your faith. And the mm. great thing is, is even if they don't respond positively or, or, or even if they like don't respond at all and they just kind of blow it off, the great thing is, is because you've taken the time to build a relationship there that goes beyond just your faith, that that leaves you space later on to continue to, to share and continue to plant seeds in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like the idea of credibility in the sense of, I mean, it really is credit. Like you're building credit with a person. It's like putting it into the bank of you're loving them and putting money into your their like love bank. Ooh, super mm. cheesy. I just said it. Take it back. I'm oh. sorry. Anyway, um, but it's true. And that, I mean, I would just, this past week, I spent five hours. I totally put it on Instagram, so I'm sure you guys saw it. Um, with a new Muslim friend. So those five hours totally gave me the ability to share the gospel with her. She did not accept it, but she went away from that being like, you know, we are sisters now. You know, I mean, it was like, it was intense. Mm -hmm. We are, and we definitely are because I don't spend five hours with a lot of people. But I for sure know that by giving of ourselves and maybe not getting something in return right away is an excellent way for us to build that credibility mm. um, to share Jesus with them, which is our ultimate goal. Which reminds me of something that Brett specifically requested for me to ask you. And we have a little more time, so mm -hmm. I'm going to ask. Okay. So he says that he feels like you... Um, you have a lot of like hardened people on your roster. Like yeah. you have like not the easiest bunch of disciples. Definitely. <laughs> I, yeah, I would agree with that, which is kind of how I like it. I know. Uh. So, so you guys, you need to know that Nathan is down there with the rough bunches of the world and we oh, won't necessarily, Come on. <laughs> we won't go into like detail about them, but, um, what Brett thought people really needed to know was just how do you stay encouraged when, mm -hmm. um, the people that you're investing in maybe are not responding with the fruit you want them to. Sure. Um, you know, so the reality is, is, um, Jesus said this, those who aren't sick don't need a doctor. So, so the thing is, is the same way Jesus did, you know, sometimes if you want to find people that want the light, you got to go somewhere that's dark, right? Yeah. Um, that's just sort of like kind of, kind of basics. Um, easier said than done, I think, oftentimes. I think a lot of times, um, for very valid reasons, people can be scared of going into places. But um, to get back to your question, uh, staying encouraged really, uh, for me, the, the reality is, is that whether people respond positively to the gospel, um, whether people are sort of... Um, you know, dealing with dealing with being uh, thir the the third type of soil. If you, if you're looking at like Mark four and Jesus talking about the sower and um, having these problems in their lives that creep up and choke out the word from coming mm -hmm. to full fruit. On on our end, as as being disciple makers and discipling people, um, it's much more about just us being obedient and trusting God. You know, if I'm if I'm you know trying to pour into a disciple and they're continuing to go back to old vices and, and substance abuse and, and, and what have you, um, that's, that's not on me. Um, that the, they do that. That's sort of, you know, their yeah. walk with God. Um, but what I'm doing from my end is listening to God and being obedient and discipling them and praying for them. But also too, um, little scripture reference for you guys. Um, Galatians chapter six, verse two 
Paul talks about how we should bear one another's burdens and so fulfilling um, the law of Christ. Mm. Um, I think that's tremendously important because, you know, we all go through different seasons. Some of us deal with depression. Some of us deal with anxiety. Some of us deal with substance abuse. Some of us deal with staring at our iPhone too much. You know, there, there are all these things in our lives that can uh, take away from from our time with God in, in very different ways. But the reality of it is, is if you're not willing to trudge through the mud with your disciples, then they're probably not going to be willing to climb the mountain with you. <laughs> nice. That, that should go on a shirt. I like it. We need to trudge through the mud so they'll climb the mountain. <laughs> I, I really like it. And I feel like, Nathan, um, you and I are, you know, we're in similar time and season of life and age and so we're probably like continually learning in ministry so um so we'll definitely have to talk again because i'm sure you'll have some words of wisdom for us in the future Mm -hmm. and i've really enjoyed this conversation so thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us at into the harvest and be here yeah and so i'm going to end off with a question um what non-bible book have you been reading lately that you really liked it doesn't have to be spiritual okay um well uh i guess uh the last 13 years as a career chef um now transitioning out of that but i really love cookbooks so um oh wow uh yeah nice um go figure um i really like pock pock by andy ricker um he's kind of the chef that brought what we think of as traditional thai food like real thai food to america um his book is great and it's packed with stories in addition to the recipes kind of stories of how he came about the developing the recipe the people he met along the way um cool beautiful pictures yeah fun thank you we like to keep our our vision broad and on all levels so i like to add in something extra okay thanks guys for listening and thank you nathan we will be back in touch with you soon i'm sure thanks so much bye bye guys Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can help us reach more people by going to iTunes, subscribing, and leaving a review. And if you like what we're doing here, tell a friend about us. In an age of social media, word of mouth is still the most powerful way to spread the message.